Welcome to The Great Conversation, where ideas matter. Ideas can shape markets, but more importantly, they can change the world. I want, I want to take you on a, on a commute from uh, my city here in Sammamish, Washington, a little place called Beaver Lake. And I want to drive up the road a few hours. Uh, there, uh, next to the Puget Sound is a camp, and I want you to imagine for a second that that camp attracts leaders from all over the world. And we're going to um, actually uh, get very close into a conversation with the executive director of that camp. We're gonna sit by a campfire, we're gonna sip a little coffee, and we're gonna enjoy some things we've learned over time about leadership, about people, about their hopes and dreams. I'd like to introduce you to Ed McDowell, the executive director of Warm Beach Camp. Ed, great to have you. Uh, Ron, it's great to be with you today. I'm, uh, I'm absolutely intrigued, as many of my listeners know, with how you build valuable organizations. And for those of you who run divisions or groups or teams within those organizations, the thing applies to you as well. And over time, uh, I've learned that the greatest leaders know how to engage their people. So I wanted to get into a discussion with Ed McDowell because he is purpose-driven in that vein. And Ed, first of all, describe the amount of leaders in their organizations that come to your camps every year and why they come and when they leave, what they found. How does that sound for a big enchilada? Yeah, that is, that's a great, great uh, question to think about. So, so Warm Beach Ministries has uh, three campuses. The Warm Beach campus is the one uh, Ron's referencing. And then there's, there's also one in Black Diamond, the Auburn area of the state of Washington little south of where Ron's at. And then another one located up near Crystal Mountain Ski Area, um, the Rainier Campus. Yeah, and then just for everyone's information, those who are listening outside the Seattle area, Crystal Mountain is uh, near Mount Rainier, uh, the tallest mountain, the lower 48. So uh, there you go. Beautiful. And so when you look at that, there are leaders that bring uh, groups uh, for very specific purposes. And you're dealing with about 400 organizations a year where leaders have intentionally said, this is where we want to be. And uh, why do they choose a setting like this? Uh, number one, they choose it because they need to pull away from the ordinary. They, they need to pull away from everything that just kind of flows in life and they need a change of context where they can really engage not only on just specific content related to the organization and its purpose, but really the, the whole of life care for the people that uh, they're bringing with them. And for a lot of them, that's a faith-based context where they really want to explore a deeper pursuit of their faith. 
for others, it has rich components of education and team building and character building. Uh, many come to do a strategy there. And Ron, one of the things that's really interesting is that when you combine um, development of strategy with some structured team building experiences in the outdoors that are adventure-based, it's a massive accelerator to the process. And what you can get done in a dedicated setting uh, is just amazing. And that's part of the reason I love it so much. That's right. And you can just see probably the the worries, the fears, the anxiety just rolling off their back when they enter your camp. Uh, absolutely. We, we were working a while back with a law enforcement leadership team and, and they, they had some issues to work through. And, you know, by taking them through some structured experiences together, the, the bond that happened and the communication level that happened, the, the leader's takeaway was we accomplished about two times more than I thought would even be possible in the time we had together because of the environment, because of the shared experiences and the way things were facilitated. Do you see a lot of repeat organizations coming back every year? Well, we do. Uh, we, in fact, was in a meeting earlier today where we were talking about three organizations that have a, a well. 40 to 50 year history with us, each one of them independently. And, and it's now you know, gone from generation to generation. And that's been amazing to watch. Um, and I had the privilege as a kid of growing up uh, at the Warm Beach setting. And so I, I was gone for a long time, but in, the, in my two tours of duty, I like to say, uh, I've got to see people from the different generations handing off this sacred trust from one generation to the next of what they're working on together. Handing off the sacred trust and institutional culture and mindset that uh, obviously is working. Otherwise they wouldn't return year after year. There's something about that empowerment of uh, caring that you give to your employees through such an experience that I'm sure translates into organizational results. Oh, I think you're spot on. You know, you, you started talking about my favorite place in the world, which is the campfire. And uh, it literally is a part of my mornings and my evenings. And the best conversations I've ever had are these conversations of trust that are nurtured over long periods of time. And when you build trust over a long period of time with a team of people, the strength that flows out of that, the momentum. Uh, and it, it can seem like when you're at the beginning stages of it, it's like we're not moving fast enough. But then you see what happens and the ripple effect and the, all the relationship networks and the capacity of what you're willing to attempt and pursue together. It's absolutely amazing. Now, it's so funny because... Uh what brought to mind the image I had was a flywheel, mm -hmm. right? Takes a few movements, gains steam, and then has an outrageous velocity that creates energy, momentum toward a given goal. And that's what brought to mind when you were talking about that. I think that's, I think that's spot on. I, 
I've really appreciated the different writing that's been done around that over time and, you know, the momentum that, uh, that happens. And so you see that cultivated and by being grounded in one place for a long time and then seeing that place grow and then expand to multiple campuses now, it's interesting to see what that long road of trust looks like and, and the roots that it's put down and the branches that have reached out and created connections in ways that I wouldn't have even imagined uh, when I started in this role. Now, most people don't realize it, but obviously the stewardship of Warm Beach Camp isn't like managing a hotel or an event venue. It's, it's much more than that. What, what does that look like for you? What, is it, what does it look like to lead your team at Warm Beach Camp so that the outcome you're, you've been talking about, the kind of outcomes you've achieved over time happens? What, what's the secret sauce there? Oh, I think there's some layers to that. Um, I, I think the first is that uh, you, you have to have in a nonprofit setting, a board that's really got their game on, that are really engaged, involved, not, not advisory nor management, but really understand that there's a stewardship or a governance that's a sacred trust. Um, Real honestly, uh, my experience is that boards control the bandwidth of a nonprofit ministry more than any other indicator. You can have a visionary leader and the boards are either gonna expand or contract on that vision, depending on how they feel about it, how it's communicated, how it's cultivated, what kind of alignment there is. So, so that stewardship really starts with a governance context that's making some really clear commitments like, um, here's the promises that we make to the constituency we serve. We're gonna make sure we keep those. Um, here's how we approach sustainability. You know, we're, we're, we're gonna write budgets that have um, adequate margin. We're gonna build appropriate reserves. Um, we're going to invest in our people and and keep them growing and and keep them moving forward. I mean that I can't stop emphasizing enough how much that bandwidth of board governance plays you know, in a nonprofit setting. Yeah. Now, do you also have an executive team? Yeah. So we have a small executive team. Um, and we, we really know that the kind of transformation we're looking for in groups and people when they come doesn't happen because of how much administration you have. So we have a small executive team that's really focused in on providing the resources and the support and the capacity building that the broader team needs. And so... Uh, we clearly work on strategy. We clearly work on execution. But at the, at the base of it is this deep commitment of trust and communication to keep working the issues. Um, we have a, a long-range viewfinder, you know, where we're looking out there 10 years. But all of our activity is really focused on one to three years, where we really say, okay, what do we need to do to move the ball 
uh, down the field over the next uh, one to three years. Our faith context is that discernment is really important. Um, for some people, the idea of spiritual discernment might not be very familiar, but literally it's just taking our, our faith, looking at what uh, the Bible, God's word says, and talking with God about it together, and then coming out of alignment and agreement with that, using great business practices, great strategy tools, uh, to begin then to move us forward and to support the team, uh, getting the experiences that people are asking for. Property management's very diverse in this setting. And so unique to nonprofits and certainly true with us is 100% of our capital is raised through contributions. So that's a whole nother piece of stewardship that's really critical is is you have a whole segment of people that are part of your giving constituency that are saying, we believe in the mission. And so there's a, a opportunity and a responsibility to sit down, say, here's what's going on in the mission. Here's what's working. And here's, here's how, if we could accomplish these three or four priorities, it would really uh, move things forward for a better effectiveness and impact. Well, more and more people who are getting involved, executives that I'm talking to who are getting involved in this engagement uh, dilemma of theirs are trying to come up with core values that aren't a poster on the wall and make sure those core values and the core purpose by which that organization exists, not only aligns with their employees, but is that same filter you're talking about by which they form their strategies, their tasks, measurements and so forth. So um, it sounds like very much aligned with the kind of organizations you're bringing in every day, which aren't necessarily uh, faith-based. Oh, that's correct. It's a mix. So uh, we limit ourselves to the nonprofit uh, community. Um, and so that's everything we do is working with faith-based, with education, with character building uh, types of organizations that are all trying to lift up uh, improving our world and solving people's needs and meeting people where they're at. And then we also run some programs that, where we provide direct services to individuals. Uh, um, you know, well, actually quite a wide variety of programs and I can unpack those if you want me to, but, but the, the point with the leaders that are coming into that is that helping people understand their values and what's important to you, that's got to flow from every interaction they have with every team member that we have. And when we talk about our core values, I'm less concerned about can they quote a specific uh, set of, of phrases or statements. And I'm more concerned about have they translated those things to where they're literally part of the essence of their life. They're part of the essence of what they think about, uh, how they live, that it, it's really more than just a vocational kind of approach, but it's a whole of life approach that says, you know, if you are as somebody who works on the team, integrating the whole of your life, where you're really thinking about not only your personal life, your professional life and the organization's life, that you've got those woven together in a dynamic way um, that this flows. 
and that you've made the translation of those values. You've put them into your own language, your own words, your own application, uh, so that it comes out as being part of who you are. And when team members do that, oh my goodness, that's a beautiful thing. During this uh, challenging time, uh, challenging, but also full of hope and opportunity, during this challenging time, you've taken that time and invested back into your own people so that they are whole and can be present with their customers. Um, we intersect uh, because I invested in the great conversation in our last physical forum and have continued to in bringing uh, Dr. McKenna from the whole intentional leadership development arena, otherwise known as WILD, uh, into the conversation. And I don't know if you had heard the story, but uh, we were dealing with chief security officers and they were doing everything they could to make their organizations resilient, but they weren't necessarily invested in personal resilience, their own leadership resilience. And uh, it was probably the most fascinating and one of the most sought after discussions we have ever had at The Great Conversation, which means we are tapped into something You've been tapped into that recently too. You came across Wild as well. Tell us about your experience so far. Oh, yeah. Working with the Wild Leaders team under Rob's leadership has just been nothing short of a blessing. Uh, we have 25 of our uh, team in it. And we said, look, we're a little quieter during this uh, COVID season. And so let's really pour it into the team. Let's, let's really raise it up. And I'm really grateful to um, our chief operating officer, uh, Patrick Patterson, for having the vision for that. And, and he really raised that up. And, and it was a beautiful thing to get on board with him and say, I'm right there with you. Let's go. So our early experience is one of uh, excitement. <laughs> Is, is that this is a whole of life investment. It's not just about you know, working on efficiency gains and things like that in the workplace. This is about if you have healthy integrated people, then you have a dynamic and vibrant organization or the likelihood of having that goes way up. So enthusiasm's high. The specific work is right down it just, it's like, I'll say it this way. I mean, it, it's kind of a love language for us where we go, this is so applicable to who we are and what we do. And it's just, it's giving us great indicators in the next steps to take and what the growth opportunities are. So literally we're just one month into it. So we're on the front end of the journey and yet the buzz internally is really high for it. So we'll have to touch base here at some uh, point as you get toward your maturation of the program to yeah. see how you're doing. What do you think that's like uh, three months from now? We're taking a one-year track with the team. A one-year track. So we'll, we, at minimum, know. we'll talk to you in a year then and see yeah. how it all worked out and how it filtered into your customers and uh, your customers' experience. That, that'll be fun. I, I think you'll see it play into things like net promoter scores, which is something we right. use uh, to track effectiveness. And, and so I think we'll see it play into net promoter scores. 
I also think it's going to give us capacity. Our theme this year with the pandemic realities is emerging. Is that, you know, last year was hunker down. So, you know, in, in camp language, you can really just get kind of right to it. Our theme this year is emerging. And uh, where we're, we're really looking at how we can walk out, what we can engage people in, how we can help. And I think we're gonna see some great things because of the wild leader um, development that we're going under right now. What I love about that, Ed, is your optimism in there. Um, you know, one of the things you said to me before we got on the call is when we are talking about continuous quality improvement, what we all recognize as leaders, that means we have to usually die to something that was successful to us in the past that made us who we are in the past. We had to die to something to be born into something else. And that, that sounds like your journey during this pandemic year. Oh, very much so. You know, there's a couple of great examples on that. So we had a much beloved youth program that had been going on for decades and it was a small format and the people who came through it loved the intimacy of that format. You really got to know each other. You had great shared experiences. But we, we hit a point with it where we said, you know, it's not meeting the needs as much as we love the heritage of this thing. It's not meeting the needs in the way that it should. So we said, let's take a break from it. That was before any knowledge of COVID. And so literally this last summer was going to be our first summer uh, without it. And then along comes this dynamic uh, campus of Black Diamond, and they run, and now it's us doing it together, run a dynamic youth program that has all of the depth that we have been dreaming about and hoping for that we would be able to do. And so this summer, we get to launch with that in such a powerful way. And so you're right that letting go of something that you really treasure and then saying, you know, it's lived a good life. It's, it's time to let it rest. And then seeing something born out of that, that just takes it to a whole new level with added dimensions. We are so excited about that. Well, I opened up by taking all of us on a commute up north headed toward Canada and stopping at Warm Beach Camp with Ed McDowell. But now we know we can uh, head south again uh, through the old pasture land of Auburn. Uh, along, uh, as we ride through the valley, we can see Mount Rainier in the distance and we can continue all the way up to Mount Rainier and, and see your new camp there. And what, what an amazing experience, that sound a mountain trip for Warm Beach Camp. Yeah, in, in some ways, it's a, a camp version of Ski to Sea, if you're familiar with that in the, <laughs> in the north end up in uh, Bellingham, Washington and Mount Baker. Yeah, and that, that location is situated in the middle of national forest land at thousands and thousands of acres of God's creation, a beautiful creek running through it. It's, it's very retreat, it's very renewal, it's very adventure. <laughs> you know, those are the words that everybody describes it with. And I look forward to what that's gonna become over the next several years. This has been a great 
conversation with Ed McDowell, the heart of a leader, uh, and very much appreciated, Ed. A couple of questions, though, before we go. As you know, we've sat by the fire here having a great conversation. And if we were to invite somebody else that you'd love to talk to, you'd love to hear from, whether you know them or not, who would you like to be uh, in that conversation? Hmm. Well, there's a couple of people that, that come to mind that just have added um, incredible uh, value and uh, wisdom in my life. Uh, one of them is David Goodnight, and David is a um, attorney by practice in the greater Seattle area, but he is a steward of organizational health and well-being um, for the purposes of his faith in God. I would love to see him be part of this conversation. He's, he has had an enormous uh, impact on my life. Um, there's another individual who currently serves as the president of the Christian Camp and Conference Association based out of Colorado Springs. And his name is Greg Hunter. And Greg's got roots in Washington. And, uh, but what he's doing to help lead the charge of one of the largest youth engagements that we have going on uh, in North America that most people don't really think about it that way. And what he's doing to lead the charge in that is significant. That's fantastic. And any books or podcasts you're listening to, any books that you'd recommend to your colleagues? Uh, well, there's a, there's a couple of books that I've been involved in that I found a lot of value out of. Um, one is uh, Bern Hardnish's book, Scaling Up, which is really, you know, how do you, uh, by focusing on people, strategy, execution, and cash, how do you really grow an organization in a healthy way? And that book's been very helpful to me. Um, another book, which is a little bit more around kind of the, the soul uh, of the leader, um, has, has been, if you, if Rob's father, uh, David McKenna, he talks about the sacred trust from a faith context of being a leader, of serving on a board. And there's a couple of books that he has out there that have been very helpful. This has been a great conversation and a great fire sitting by the fire with you, Ed, and I hope to do it in the future. Thank you again. Thank you, Ron.